we greet you this evening in Jesus' name, and I would bless you as a congregation as you go through this important weekend in the life of a congregation, that of choosing and ordaining a minister to lead out in the congregation. And God be with you, and may God continue to direct in the affairs of this weekend. Subject assigned to me this evening is congregational support of the ministry. Some years ago, I was assigned a message for a weekend similar to this. I had several messages, as I recall. But one of the messages that weekend was the laity meeting the needs of the ministry. And I must say that that title did not resonate well with me. The laity meeting the needs of the ministry. In fact, I, I, I probably approach that message somewhat with even resentment. And tonight I'm supposed to speak on congregational support of the ministry. But I would ask you this evening, how many of you believe that there's a biblical injunction in re, uh, or a biblical directive as to how you as a congregation are to relate to your ministry? Do you believe that? Recently, my wife and I were speaking to a young pastor's wife. And she was, I don't know that I initially even realized that she was a pastor's wife, but she was, uh, she said that her husband had been ordained about a year and a half ago. And she said, the church is a mess, or something to that effect. And they're considering leaving that congregation. And she said that the ministry is united. But among the members of that congregation, there was not, when the ministers would, would bring something to the floor or to the, for the congregation to consider, the congregation would not accept the directives of the ministry, in my own words. And let me ask you this evening, does that sound like a congregation that supports their ministry? I would qualify this message 
by saying that I understand, and I readily understand, that being ordained into the ministry is a call to service, as Brother Dwight shared last evening. And I believe that. If you turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. I begin reading in verse 41 where it says, And when the ten heard it, speaking of James and John requesting the right and the left hand of Jesus Christ when he sets up his kingdom, or their mother making that request for them, and so James and John, and it says, When the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. Now why were the ten displeased with James and John? Because they were free from any personal ambition, correct? I mean, they understood the personal ambition of James and John, but they were totally free of it. That's why they became upset, because they didn't have any of the ambition that James and John had. Actually, the exact opposite is true. They were irritated with James and John because... How is it that you would have the audacity to request these special positions in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of Jesus Christ? And then Jesus begins to instruct them, and he says this, And Jesus called them to him, and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them, but so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus Christ did not come to be ministered to. He came to minister and ultimately give his life a ransom for many. And my dear friends, Jesus was instructing his disciples that this is the same way it is to be for you. You are not to be here to be ministered unto, but to minister. And particularly in the office, a man that's been or, or called and ordained to the office of leadership, their responsibility is to minister, not to be ministered to. Somewhere at home I have an article entitled, Here Am I, Serve Me. And that, in that little article, he goes into a number of different areas of life. But I remember one in particular in relation to ministry. And it says something like this. This is somewhat in my own words, but you were invited to speak at a large gathering of Christians. And in the audience, there was an influential 
Christian leader. And you anticipated that this, after the message, you anticipated that this influential Christian leader would come up to you and say, what an, inter- what an interesting and moving message you presented this evening. Instead of that, he slipped out the back door and was gone. And you were deflated. By the way, brethren, can you relate to that? Brother Pete, Brother Dwight, can you relate to that? The truth is, you had the opportunity to minister to many, many people. But underlying that all was the desire that that message ministered to you. Here am I, serve me. And so I say to us tonight that every child of God, and I would also say ministers in particular, should always view life through the prism of service and not what your ministry can do for you. And God forbid that we begin to view our ministry as something that would minister to us and not as an opportunity to minister to others. And secondly, I would say that As ministers, we are called to be examples to the flock. Right? Isn't that that the biblical directive? We are called to be examples to the flock. And one of the ways in particular that we should be examples to the flock is the realization of the grace of God enabling us to do what we could not do, never remotely do, of our own strength. But it is the grace of God working within us. And so, when we talk about the support of the ministry, I I would suggest to us that, first of all, the ministers should exemplify the reality of the support coming from God himself. In other words, the enabling grace of God, empowering the life to live a life that is victorious, And to do things that we would not do, could not do of ourselves. And that is how we should, that is what our lives should exemplify. In um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. In verse 8, it says, For we would not, brethren, (coughs) excuse me, have you ignorant of our trouble, 
which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we have the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead, who hath delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, and in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. In other words, they were, Paul was in an enormously difficult position, situation. And to the point where he actually despaired of life. And yet he said, God in his enabling grace empowered them to overcome that. And we could reference 2 Timothy 4 and verse 17 where the Apostle Paul said, I think it says in the King James, at my first answer or at my first defense, he said, I was alone. No man stood by me, and yet the Lord stood by me. And so I suggest to us that, first of all, we as ministers need to exemplify the reality of the grace of God empowering a life, regardless of the difficulty. But having said that, Having said that, I would remind you of something else. Turn with me to Matthew 26. Verse 38. Maybe I will read, uh, begin at verse 36. It says, Then cometh Jesus with them to, unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter, and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he saith unto them, then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and what? Watch with me. Tarry ye here and watch with me. So what was in this, in this time of tremendous burden on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, what was his desire? That he had a few men who would stand beside him in his, in his time of tremendous struggle. As he cried out to his father, watch with me. And let's read on. And he went a little farther and he fell on his face and, 
and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Could ye not, couldn't you at least watch with me one hour? And you hear the cry of Jesus Christ as he was there crying out to his father, yet he wanted that companionship of other men who stood beside him. And instead of that, they were sleeping. And I would reference again the words of the Apostle Paul. At my first defense, or at my first answer, I I guess is how the King James says, at my first defense, no man stood with me. In other words, I was all alone, and I was forsaken, and no one, there was no one who stood around me. How many of you ever heard that it's lonely at the top? And it's also windy at the top. Now, that saying does not come out of Christianity. You understand that. Because that speaks something of position. (laughs) And I'm not suggesting tonight that Brother... Dennis sits at the top, but you understand what I'm, I I think you understand what I'm saying. I can honestly tell you this evening that I, I do not totally find it that way. However, I, I have a some realization of what those words mean. Because of the responsibility that I've been called to. And I would simply, to you as a congregation this evening, I would simply reiterate the words of Jesus Christ. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not... Stand with me. Could you not support me for one hour? And the words of the Apostle Paul, he said, they all forsook me. There was no one. There was no one that stood with me. And so I would say to you as a congregation, understand this. That wherein, I I, I trust that by the grace of God, your ministry will realize the sufficiency of the grace of God in their lives. But I want to tell you something. God uses human hands and human hearts and human voices 
to minister to his people. And that includes the ministry. Do you believe that? Just as Jesus Christ desired someone to be with him in that time of great difficulty. And the Apostle Paul, I believe he says there in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I trust that God will not hold it to their account. They should have been here with me. But they were absent. And so I say to you, God uses your hands, your feet, and your tongues to minister. And that includes a response to your ministry. Before we go on, I was a little bit at a wasn't sure where to begin and what to place where and so on. As we consider as we consider the subject of congregational support of the ministry, I suspect that it is going to be enormously difficult for you to adequately and biblically support your ministry unless you understand something about the purpose of ministry. How many of you believe that God has ordained that into the institutions of man that there be leaders? Do you believe that? And in fact, the scripture says that there is no power or there is no authority but of God and the powers that be are ordained of God. In civil, in civil government, by the way, why do we have authority in civil government or in society? For what purpose? Do you know? Order. As opposed to what? Chaos and anarchy. And so into the institution of civil, civil government or the society, God has instituted that there be civil government in order that there is order in society. The evil are punished, the good are commended, and there is structure and order in society rather than chaos and anarchy. Now, God also ordained that into the church of Jesus Christ... There is likewise leadership. How many of you believe that that is God-ordained? Do you believe that? Okay, to what purpose, for what purpose, did God ordain leadership into the church of Jesus Christ? You can answer very simply by saying, again, order. And by the way, is that correct? Uh, see, didn't Paul say in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that God is not the author of confusion, but God is a God of order? How many of you believe that order is one of the reasons that we have ministers? Or structure? 
You, uh, do you believe that? And you may answer, by the way. <laughs> and I would say, yes, that is one of the reasons that God, God chose the institution, in the institution of the church that there be leaders. But I would challenge you tonight to consider, is that the extent of the purpose of leadership in the church of Jesus Christ. In other words, someone, it, it, it is, I mean, we, we think of this rather, someone needs to lead out. I mean, if you, if you get together, someone, someone needs to lead out, right? And so there's a bit of structure and order in what you do and how you make decisions and so on. And, and while I believe that that is a part of why there is ministry in the church of Jesus Christ, that is not the primary reason for ministry in the church of Jesus Christ. Now, I believe in order, and I believe in structure, and I believe in leadership. So, what is the purpose of leadership in a congregation? Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 7 it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And then in verse 11 it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for what? To what purpose? Why? Yes, uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby we lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working of the measure of every part maketh increase in the body unto the edifying of itself in love. My friends, this evening I would impress upon you that I believe one of the primary reasons that for the institution of leadership in the church of Jesus Christ is a, has a spiritual dimension to it. Until we all come, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some pastors and teachers, etc. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And I suggest to you that your leadership is God called and given to you for your spiritual well-being. And by the way, 
What does Hebrews 13 say? It says, for they watch for your what? Souls. They watch for your souls. In other words, God has given them the responsibility of looking out for your spiritual well-being. They watch for your souls. And my friends, in this day of individualism, and where we are tempted to buy into the evangelical slash Protestant thinking of our day, where it's after all me and my relationship with God, and that's what matters. My dear friends, I fear that too often we circumvent the, the purposes of God in our lives personally because of our response to our ministry. And I do not speak to you as a congregation specifically, but I speak to the church generally because I observe enough and I see enough of individuals that somehow think that after all it's about me and my relationship with God, and it is not. What my pastor says to me, you know what, I can accept or reject. It doesn't really matter because after all, what matters is my relationship with God. And I suggest to you tonight that after all, the purpose of God in giving you ministry is for your spiritual well-being. And if you are going to respond rightly, if you are going to support rightly, it is imperative that you understand that they are there for your spiritual well-being. And the other thing that I would say to us, we who call ourselves the descendants of the Anabaptists, or have Anabaptist heritage, and maybe we still would call ourselves biblicists, right? And yet, and I want to say this very carefully, And I know that your situation is a little differently here. But wherein we have created a culture where my current likes or dislikes or whatever the ministry has done to me causes me to simply move over and join another congregation. We circumvent the purposes of God for our own spiritual well-being and we put ourselves at spiritual risk. Now let me qualify that statement by saying this. There are legitimate reasons for congregational change. Do you hear me? There are legitimate reasons for congregational change. But I would suggest to us this evening that one of the telltale signs as to whether or not we have done it for the right reason is whether or not we find ourselves long term in a position of submission 
to the leadership in the congregation that we have joined. Because by God's plan and purpose, Brother Dennis, Brother Dwight, Brother Warren, and whoever's ordained tomorrow evening are here for your spiritual well-being. Order, structure in the congregation, absolutely. They watch for your souls. And unless you understand that and can come to a position of appreciation that God is looking out for your well-being through your ministry, I wonder if you will respond rightly and support rightly your ministry. bit of a Bible quiz. What do Mary Magdalena, Mary the mother of Joseph, or Mary the mother of James, Joanna, Susanna, and others have in common? Okay, they ministered to Jesus' disciples or to Jesus himself. It, it says, and I'm not going to turn to the scriptures, um, it says that they shared of their substance or something to that effect. In other words, these ladies were actually, I, I, as I understand the scripture, they monetarily supported the ministry of Jesus Christ and his disciples while Jesus walked this earth. How many of you believe that these women supported the ministry of Jesus Christ? Did they do that? Yes. What do Phoebe, Priscilla, Aquila, Mary, Epaphroditus, Onesiphorus, the church at Philippi, and the church at Corinth have in common? They ministered to the Apostle Paul. And by the way, if you turn back to 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, where I read uh, verses 8 through 10, note verse 11. And I would impress this upon you tonight. Note verse 11. It says, God ultimately delivered us, and we trust that he will continue to deliver us. And it says in verse 11, Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on, your behalf, on our behalf. So, did the church of Corinth minister to the needs of the Apostle Paul? Yes. He said, you know, you were a part of this. We were pressed beyond measure to where we almost despaired of life. But you were a part of helping us. And my dear friends tonight, I challenge you 
to help support your ministry. Just some practical areas I would share with you this evening. And the first one is simply support your ministry. I think my personal testimony would be that I am I am richly blessed by young brethren and not just young brethren and it's not just brethren sisters as well who I know stand beside me shoulder to shoulder and are with me in the ministry even though they're not ordained. My friends, ministers are rarely, no, I shouldn't say rarely. Ministers are never perfect. Is, that, is it okay to say that, Brother Dennis? There may be times when it is appropriate to you to share your concerns with your ministry. This troubles me. I, I, but I would suggest to you tonight that one of the things that will go a long way in helping you address issues and inconsistencies in their life if such a thing arises is if they know that you are standing with them otherwise. And so I say to you, my dear friends, stand by your ministry. For the sake of the church of Jesus Christ, stand by them, stand with them, support them. And by the way, I, it's not difficult to sense the support of a people. Uh, that's not, it's not difficult at all. And it's not difficult to discern when you have lost some of the support of your people. And so I say to you, for the sake of the church of Jesus Christ, stand by and support your ministry. And you know, the biblical injunction, one of the ways that you are support, to support your ministry is monetarily. How many of you actually know what the biblical pattern is in relation to support of ministry?
they they that preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Do you believe that? And you, you know, we as we as Mennonites, see, we have we have a bit of an out by the fact that, after all, the Apostle Paul preached at Corinth and received no wages of them. He went out and he was a tent maker. He made. He made tents in order to provide for himself and those that were with him so that he would not be a burden to the church at Corinth. But I suggest to you that that is not the pattern that is set forth in the New Testament. And I know you can say, well, do we follow Paul's example or follow what Paul taught? I simply suggest to you and I, I, I guess my personal testimony is I, I was there's a sense where I was a businessman before I was called to the to the ministry. And there's something about how I'm wired, I guess, that I think it would be I would struggle a little bit if I wouldn't have something to occupy my time with that's different than ministry. But maybe I am wrong in that. I simply, I simply tell you that biblical, biblically you are to support your ministry monetarily. Help them in the work. When you're asked to do something, do it. You may think you're not qualified. I wonder how many of us ordained brethren would have thought we were qualified to be a minister when we were ordained. Just a, just a note. When we were a smaller congregation there in Traverse City, it was, I mean, we, we, kind of, we were small enough that we kind of had the mentality, I guess, and this, this comes almost inadvertently, I think, we had the mentality that if we were going to do something, we had to do it together. Because there were a few enough of us that we had to work together if we were going to get the job done. So when it came to Vacation Bible School, it's like everyone was involved. Well, our congregation has grown considerably since that time. And you know where we're at today? We struggle a little bit to find enough vacation Bible school teachers. You know why? Well, Laverne can do it. 
Why do I need to do it? And that there's a subtle shift in mentality that comes as congregations grow. And I don't know if you've experienced the same thing here or not. But even in in considerably larger congregations than this, it can be a struggle to get people that are willing to step out and say, if I'm asked, you know what, or maybe I'll even volunteer, I'm ready to do it. By the grace of God, I'll do the best that I can. I know I may not be able to do it as well as someone else, but I'll do what I can for the sake of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I will do it. And so I say to you tonight, Help in the work, help in the ministry. Brother Brother Dennis just shared this evening. That he or this afternoon He found a $20 bill in his mailbox one time when he was a minister in Ohio. And a note that said he's to take his wife out to eat. Something to that effect. And so he invited, it was more than back in those days that his wife and him would consume in one meal. So he invited his bishop and his wife to go with them. And his bishop confided in him that that had never happened to him in his ministry. That someone shared a small token of kindness like that. I say that is a shame. You know, you don't need to do much. A note of encouragement, small acts of kindness, help them. When they are busy and stressed out and so on, if they get stressed out. Be available. Help them. And I would also say... Pray for your ministry. You know, the Apostle Paul did not request assistance. He rejoiced when it came, but he did not request it. I don't don't think you'll, you'll ever find that the Apostle Paul said he commended people for sharing with him, but he never asked for it. But one thing he did ask for time and again is pray for me. I wonder how many of you, as laity, get up Sunday morning and never even think of praying for the brother that has the responsibility of living, of, of, of preaching a message of the gospel of Jesus Christ that morning. Never crosses your mind. Would you have an effective ministry? 
Would you have a ministry that is effective in looking out for the well, the spiritual well-being of this congregation and you individually and personally? Then pray for them. How many of you believe that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much? And it will avail much in relation to your ministry. If you do, get down on your knees and actually pray for them. And beseech the throne of God in their behalf. Oh, you may not like some of the things they do. Maybe you should try praying for them for a while. I do not... want this to be self-serving at all. And neither do I believe that your ministry would want it to be. But you know what? Another biblical injunction in relation to your response and support of your ministry, you are to respect them. Esteem them very highly in love. Not because he's Dennis Martin or Warren Nolte or Dwight Burkholder but because of the work's sake. Esteem them very highly in love for the work's sake. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 5 It says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Worthy of double honor. And I... I would, I would simply say... I do not want to call attention to either myself or the ministry here. In fact, I told my congregation at home, I understand that we are to be leaders and examples that you can follow, but I would much rather step aside and simply point you to Jesus Christ himself. But nonetheless, because God has called them into the ministry, the scripture says that you are to respect and honor them. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 17. Excuse me. <laughs> Hebrews 13 verse 17. In verse 7 it says, Remember them that have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. And then in verse 17 it says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, 
as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Then he says, pray for us. You are to You you heard what the scripture said, didn't you? You are to obey your minister, your ministry. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. I think it's Brother Richard Herr that said one of the evidences of a true conversion is a submissive spirit. Submit yourselves. How many of you are prejudice to your own ideas. <laughs> I I would I should maybe ask the question how many of you are not prejudiced to your own ideas? And, and that's by the way that's our tendency, isn't it? I mean, we, we, are, we tend to be prejudiced to our own way of thinking and our own ideas. And so, when someone else presents an idea that conflicts or that is different than my idea, where did he come up with that? How, how, how does that man think? I suggest to us tonight that there's a reason why we think differently. We, we come from varied backgrounds and so on. However, God wants to work through, or God wants to work with you as a corporate body, not only as individuals. And God's plan and God's purposes are realized when we work corporately, in other words, God is working through a people, not only individuals. And he would like to work through you as a congregation. And that is realized when you submit one to another. And particularly in this case, you are to submit to your elders or leaders. When they tell you something, you are to submit to it. Now, I, I do not believe... I do not believe that you have a dictatorial type of leadership here in this congregation. I do not believe that. And is there ever a time when leadership assumes more than they should? Absolutely. And I understand that. One of the things that I, was, I, I should have said earlier is when I, when I was talking about purposes,
And there are a lot of people that will point to some of their experiences in the past as to why they cannot trust leadership and so on. Well, this happened to me or that happened to me and therefore I cannot, I no longer can trust leadership. And I understand that it may be a process of building trust and so on. But one of the things that I will suggest to you, human failure never, never negates the overriding purposes of God. How many of you believe that because of the extent of failure in marriage in the United States of America, that somehow the institution of marriage is flawed by design? Is that the way it is? No. We do not believe that. It is not that there is a problem with the design, and the same thing is true in the church of Jesus Christ. My dear friends, understand that just because there is human failure, and there may even be charlatans out there, but just because of that does not mean that God's plan does not work and I cannot commit and trust in God's plan and submit myself to it. And God has called you to submit yourself to your elders. And we could go to Ephesians chapter 5 where he says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he gives four evidences of being filled with the Spirit. Two of them have relate to God and two of them relate to our fellow man. And there's, one of them is more clear in Colossians than it is in Ephesians. But one of them is speaking to one another and the other is submitting to one another. And I suggest to you tonight, if you cannot be spoken to if you cannot be addressed by either another brother in the church or one of your ministry, there's something wrong spiritually. Because that is one of the ways God would like to work among us as we communicate with each other, as we share with each other. And the other is that submissive spirit to where we give to where we simply submit to each other, and particularly in this case, your elders. Is there a biblical precedent for the congregation supporting the ministry? And the answer is absolutely. And I would close by simply saying this, for the sake of your own spiritual well-being, support your ministry. The Lord bless you.